up, everybody? I'm Mac. And I'm Zach. And welcome to and our welcome podcast. welcome to our podcast. Where Wookiee is spelled with two E's and not one E. Yes, for every single one of you who messaged us. All six of you. We care so much about you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like, we, we barely made the page and we're, we're already... We're already causing a problem with the Star Wars fans. People messaging us, pissing, you know, pissing them <laughs> off. You know, they're already like sending us death threats. Like, damn, dude, we're doing Man. something good. We're doing something good. Yeah, right. Um, so, anyways, let's let's do some introductions. Um, I, I guess I'll start. Um, so, we've been talking about doing a podcast for a long time now, um, a couple of years actually, and. Uh, you know, I would bring it up, and then I'd get really nervous, and I'd say, "Ah, oh, well, I guess I'm not ready," or you know. Um, so I spent that time listening to a bunch of different podcasts and figuring out exactly what I wanted to do. So um, in this podcast, we're not going to limit it to any certain thing. Um, of course, I love Star Wars, but but we're not going to be just specifically Star Wars. We're going to be everything in nerddom. Um, we'll talk anything and everything: movies, games, yes, yes, yes. TV, yes. comics. Uh, what have you? But we're gonna start off doing some introductions. As I've already said, I'm Mac. Um, I'm an exterminator for a living. Um, I kill bugs, which is always interesting. There's never a dull moment. Um, I don't think there's a dull moment in any profession profession uh, where you work with people because they're so unpredictable. Um, there's currently a manhunt going on in the town right next to us, and one of our guys <laughs> was uh, he was spraying cabins and. Uh, he had U.S. Marshals escort him with AR-15s uh, to the house and, and, and searched the house before he went in. So uh, that's uh, that's pretty wild. Like I said, never a dull moment. Um, that's some hardcore exterminating. Dude, Fucking yeah, AR-15. with the AR-15 going after the cockroaches, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so uh, my, my favorite franchise is Star Wars. Um, but I love Star Wars, Marvel, Dragon Ball. I, I love just about everything. I just finished uh, Dragon Ball uh, Kakarot, the game on Xbox. And um, man, for any Dragon Ball fan, it's worth it. It goes through the whole entire story. And uh, it's just it's just a good nostalgia trip, honestly. I had so much fun replaying the show and the game. Um, I also play guitar and I sing. Zach and I are in a band together. Yep, but I spend... Yep. But I spent most of my time um, going on adventures with my beautiful girlfriend TJ. Mm. Um, we, we like we like to travel travel a lot. So, um, but what about you, Zach? Tell us a little bit about yourself. What you do? What you like? Uh, you told me there was going to be jerky. Besides me, uh, yeah, we already ate it. Yeah, we ate all the jerky, so I don't know why I'm here anymore. But well, I'm you can kidding. go. The, the door is right there. It's uh. The door is six feet away, so... I'm afraid if I go outside, your neighbor's going to ask me to fucking help him uh, build his house. <laughs> He's like, hey, look, a Mexican. <laughs> anyways, um, I'm Zach. I deliver for a living for H-E-B. Um, it delivers me. those tortillas. Those tortillas. You got to be specific, man. I deliver tortillas. It's precious cargo. I deliver love to everybody. Mexican love. Tortillas. But um, what else do I do? I collect comics... I watch a bunch of uh, Netflix shows. I'm a very big geek in very much the same way Mac is. Probably probably about different stuff. 
but it's cool coming together with him because we can we we inform each other. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful that way. That's what that's what a podcast should be informing each other, not just going in with what you already know. You tell each other stories and like different facts, and you just kind of walk out with like a wider understanding. Exactly. Of the exactly. universe. And you know how this started? I mean, Zach and I have been talking Star Wars leaks ever since Disney bought from Lucasfilm. I mean, we've been we've been going back and forth with Reddit leaks and everything. Ever since we Zach, saw Force Awakens. No. I need to get this out in the open. <laughs> Zach spoiled that Han Solo was going to die after a four-hour wait in line oh, to yeah. see The Force Awakens. Good times. I couldn't believe it. I still didn't believe him. And then it happened. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah, and, and oh, I forgot. Spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen it. But it's been five years, so... Yeah. I mean, I figure you should should have seen it by now. Yeah, and afterwards, Max stopped talking to me for a couple of years. That's not true. Okay. That's not true. So anyways, uh, uh, tell me about the toy fair that you recently went to. I didn't go to any toy fair, dude. It was all in uh, California, I believe, or somewhere outside of Texas. Oh, oh, you didn't go. I didn't go, but oh, okay. I was heavily invested in like all the announcements because toy fair is a big thing, especially a precursor to, to San Diego Comic Con and New York Comic Con coming up. Yeah. So it's like on that level. So anyways, what I was really happy about, what I was excited about was um, Diamond Select they, they unveiled their new license, which is for Lord of the Rings cinematic figures. Oh, shoot, dude. That's amazing. Because you have not seen Lord of the Rings figures uh, ever since, like, the early 2000s, ever since, you know, uh, Return of the King came since out. Since they came out, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that was carried by Toy Biz. And Toy Biz is no longer around anymore. So Diamond Select picked up the license. And they're doing a bath, which they don't really do that much. The bath, the bath is going to be Sauron. So you need to buy the first four figures of the wave. To complete Sauron, and he's like uh, a foot tall. So they're making collectibles for Lord of the Rings. Yes, and articulated collectibles. Have you have you heard anything about Star Wars? Because uh, they, I don't know if it's Hasbro dropping the ball, but they haven't been coming out with many figures for the new movies. Oh yeah. I don't know if they just want to get rid of it and like get it over with and just come out with their own new stuff. But you haven't been seeing anything on the shelves. Mm-hmm. That would make sense because of like of like what they just announced. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. Anyways, but, back, to, um, back to what you were saying. I, I, I think all they announced in regards to Black Series was uh, Luke on his, uh, whenever he's on uh, Hoth or he's uh, driving that, that snow speeder, whatever it's called. Yeah. They just released that as a two-pack. And that's the only thing in regards to Black Series. That's what the Star Wars is uh, uh, called, Black Series. All right, so we have uh, Diamond Select doing Lord of the Rings, uh, Bruce Lee action figures. They're doing Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. And Don't say that too loud because Tiff might be listening. <laughs> Tiff. That's well, literally her favorite thing is Nightmare Before Christmas. Please, Tiff. Uh, her mom got her the soundtrack <laughs> on vinyl like two months before Christmas and had me lying to Tiff telling her I didn't know what she got her. Damn. But now Tiff doesn't even have a needle for her for her record player, so I got to go get her one so she can listen to so it. So does she like bring it over here and like play you? No, play no, you? she hasn't yet. Oh damn! She is stuck on the the James Bay uh, record, James. and she just plays it over and over and over again, hmm. and over and over and yeah. over and Tiff. over and Tiff. over and Tiff. over. Like she she doesn't play anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Tiff. Anyway. <laughs> Tiff, please go support this line because I really want the Lord of the Ring figures to do good. Anyways, they're doing, like I said, Bruce Lee, Time Before Christmas. They're doing Avatar as well, The, the Last Airbender. Oh, Avatar. Cool. Yes, they're doing a lot of uh, license. And um, 
Star Wars is doing their uh, snow speeder with Luke 2-pack. That, that's going to be like over $100. And then we go over to NECA, and they're just doing a lot of amazing things with their horror license and their um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle license. They're doing the comics, the games, and the movies. And they have uh, these like exclusive two packs coming to Walmart pretty soon, guys. I would be on the lookout for those. They're going to be from the movies. It's going to be uh, Toka and Razor. Remember Toka Razor? Yeah. Yes. That so much detail. They even have articulated eyebrows, guys. Jesus. So so much detail to these figures, and they're definitely going to be um, really highly sought after. They're going to have Super Shredder as well. Uh, he's going to be single, and they're going to have. Raph in a trench coat with Casey Jones two pack. All these are, are going to be exclusive to Walmart, so be on the lookout for those. And we have, let's see, we have horror wise. They've hinted uh, Ultimate uh, Ghostface from uh, Scream, and I'm really looking forward to that because I've wanted that for a long time. Because all the other Scream figures on secondary markets go for insane amount, and I was really happy about that. And they recently just uh, came out with uh, let me see the NECA Hellraiser. The NECA Sam from Trick or Treat is so much fun watching NECA grow as a company and and their license. And one of the other big things is that they got the they got the rights to Back to the Future, dude. Oh, so wow. they're coming out with a Marty McFly. No figure. way. Yes, exactly. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna have to get my hands on that. Marty McFly. Back to know? the Future. Um, it's monumental. Yeah. Like I don't think I've ever met anyone that didn't like it. It's just so solid. I mean, they even model things today after it, like Rick and Morty. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just that monumental. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to get my hands on on that. Have you seen any of the Baby Yoda merch? Oh, of course I have. Have you seen the life-size Baby Yoda doll? Yeah, that, like, the animatronics. And, oh, my yes. God, dude. I want to rock that thing to sleep every single night. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I think people care more about that baby Yoda than they do their actual babies which is pretty no funny. no yeah <laughs> but no they're like they have pops coming out dude I couldn't Yoda. sleep when we were watching The Mandalorian I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep because there was a week where we didn't know what was happening to baby Yoda yeah I remember that I mean I was a wreck <laughs> but they have pops coming out for baby Yoda plushes and they're milking the whole cow, or should I say, should I say, Bantha? Uh, I see what you did there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, dude, have you seen the Build-A-Bear? No, I haven't seen the Build-A-Bear yet. It looks nice. But I know... I, uh, I a grown man, would go to Build-A-Bear for right. a baby Yoda. I'm pretty sure you already go there now, dude. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I promise. I promise I don't. But anyways, Baby Yoda is already on pre-order on ShopDisney.com. Yeah, they come out in May, right? Yeah, I believe so. The Pops? Yep, yep. Dude, and I'm a huge pop collector. I don't know if you see my Pops right in front of you. I have no choice but to see them, dude. Dude, they're like right there. (laughs) And I love Star Wars Pops. My most recent Star Wars Pop was... Well, my most two recent were, were Emperor Palpatine and the Darth Vader where he's getting electrocuted. Oh yes, and Dude. that that actually reminds me. I, I was gonna give you that uh, Super Saiyan armor trunks. But, no, but my little niece got into it. Oh, what so, the heck? Sorry, like like whatever. Thanks, Zach's niece. <laughs> whatever that stand is that was inside the box, it's not there anymore because the figure can't stand up. Oh, <laughs> so well, that's okay. Let's still want it. Yeah, but honestly, I think at this point, all we need is like a picture of Keanu Reeves pushing a, a dual stroller of Baby Yoda and Baby Groot and that would like kill the internet yeah that's what I would like to have see have you seen Baby Scooby-Doo have you seen that picture Scrappy-Doo 
No, it's Scooby Doo, but really? it's like baby Scooby Doo. It's not Scrappy. Scrappy's different. Is it like based off of some like like a movie or something? No, or it's just, just a like dog that looks like, like Scooby Doo. It's Aww. like baby Scooby Doo. That's cute. Like I haven't seen it though. Yeah. It's like a meme. It's like everybody's going crazy about Baby Yoda, but have you seen Baby Scooby Doo? No, I haven't seen. It. No. No. Nope. Have you seen uh, Baby Peanut? Like the planters, oh, that like was Mr. Idea. Peanut. I don't know. That, that, I, I saw that, but that, I think they were just trying to cash in on yeah. it. That was kind of weird. But it was funny because the hashtag was Baby Nut, and that made me laugh even more. <laughs> yeah, I was Baby like, Nut. Oh, Baby Nut. <laughs> oh man, your marketing team thought that was okay, Baby Nut. Baby Nut. Oh man. Oh, God, dude. Better give my girl some of that Baby Nut. <laughs> All right. With that, we're gonna transfer into our next segment, Comic Talk. All right, guys, today in Comic Talk, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite franchises. We're going to be talking about Star Wars, and not just any Star Wars. We're going to be talking The Rise of Kylo Ren. The Rise of Kylo Ren is a four-part comic series from Marvel Comics that covers the story of Ben Solo and his fall to the dark side, beginning with the destruction of Luke's Jedi Academy. I don't know about you, Zach, but these are all things that I personally wanted to see in the sequel trilogy, whether in a flashback or what have you. They could have been, they could have very well started The Force Awakens um, with Ben Solo's fall to the dark side, um, but I digress. I'm very glad to be getting this story, even if it's in comic format, but what are your thoughts before we dive into this? Dude, honestly, I was just so happy that they put Charles Soule on these books, because yeah. I think he did the Vader books, right? Yes. He, he did the Vader books, and I remember uh, reading volume one on Tradeback uh, years ago, like uh, probably like, what, 2015, 2016, mm-hmm. and I remember really loving it, and it actually wanted to go back and reread it because of these yeah, and he's he's also done work on uh, Daredevil and She Hulk. Yeah, he's really good. Death of Wolverine, and he's just he he has so much under his belt, and I'm just excited with where he takes this. So the rise of Kylo Ren starts off with a masked figure that we haven't seen before, and he says, "I am Ren." So I'm guessing this is where the Knights of Ren come from. What do you think, Zach? I think so too as well also you mentioned earlier that you don't know if Ren is the person or the sword himself right right because at, at a point he says um, you do not follow me you follow the blade mm. this is Ren yep. like he says that the blade is Ren um, and he's he's saying this to two brothers and he says that they need to kill somebody in order to follow him mm. and the one brother says oh well I've killed a bunch of people and he said no not like that or or something to that effect so he kills his brother to join them and then Ren still says that that's not <laughs> enough that you can't follow me and he kills him dang dude like how how ruthless is that and then that's the end of that part of the story and then um it ends with their master Ren or I, you know it's confusing because uh, he says he's Ren yeah. But then he says the blade is Ren. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. Because, like, uh, Ren, he has the ability to use the Force, right? Can he? 
Right, I think so. So how much of like it is the blade and how much of it is Ren actually? Because Ren still seems pretty powerful. And was right. he was he in the movies at all? No. Who's in Skywalker at all? No, no, no. God. So obviously something happens to him before the movies happen. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, we don't we don't know anything about this guy. But he's really as interesting. Of, as of now. But it ends with them saying they're gonna find something else to burn. Yep. And then the next page is Luke's Jedi Temple on fire. Yeah. Well, well, the thing was, in the movies, we were led to believe that it was Ben that burned it down. Because, uh, who was, wasn't it Han that told them that a student of Luke's turned against him and destroyed the whole thing? Yes. But then in The Last Jedi, we come to find out that Luke tried to kill him in his sleep because he sensed the darkness within him. And poor Ben wakes up. And sees his uncle over him with a lightsaber, and he's like, well, what else do I do? So he pr- pulls the hut down on him. Well, this is where that picks up, is after that happens, and we see the temple on fire, mm-hmm. but Ben didn't do it. Nope. Uh, they said they said it was like a lightning strike from uh, from space or something, right? Right. Some, some, something to that effect, but I think, I think we're led to believe that it's, uh, that it was Ren. But I I also liked how like a uh, Jedi Kylo like after like he's after he was starting to go bad he was pissed off like the entire thing was burning you see a uh, Votai and Hanix come outside and he tells them um, they like uh, try to attack him because they see that they think that they're they're angry at Ben right 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 so and like Ben like in like a fucking baller ass move he's like um, he, he he says like none of you are Jedi because I can sense fear in all of you or something like that. Yeah, right? yeah. Does he? And he says that he <laughs> killed Luke, and they question him, and he's like, "What? You don't think I'm strong enough?" Exactly. But but at the same time, I don't think he wanted to hurt them because all of his moves seemed like he was just trying to get them out of the way, yeah, so that he could leave to wound them. Yeah, exactly. Basically, so so he so that all goes down that altercation, and he leaves on a ship, mm-hmm. like he's gone. And Snoke is talking to him in his head and, and and manipulating him and telling him it was Skywalker that turned against him because he was scared and, and all these things. And and, uh, and meanwhile, these guys are coming after him and, and shooting his ship and, and, and all that. And uh, One of them is in the med bay too, right? Who was it? Hennix? Right, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this whole time he's in the ship, Snoke is talking to Ben telepathically and they're replaying the events Snoke or Palpatine or mm. Snoke is uh, is twisting everything to make Luke look bad but really how good could it possibly look when you're standing over your nephew's bed with a laser sword ready to kill him like <laughs> how do you even come back from that I want to know like, like oh sorry sorry nephew I was drunk like those force ghost reunions gotta be awkward as hell yep you tried to kill me, man. What's going on with that? That's all right. So. Oh, man. So ben, so, Ben keeps flying, and he comes to a planet, and it's very green and lush, and there's my boy Snoke, my dude, my man, my homie Palps. Anyways, Snoke looks weird as hell. I cannot weird. get over what he's wearing. He looks so weird. A fucking dying cat on his head. <laughs> I don't know what he's trying to hide, dude. I don't know if it's like a weave or, or if it's a hat. It's funny because like that hair does not make know. up for that face. Traded in that gold robe for some greens. I guess so. I don't know. But like even like... He looks pretty fucked up. But even then, uh, th- doesn't Kylo say like he killed 
Luke, but even like even uh, Snoke doubts that. Even right? Snoke says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're yeah." Bullshit. Even Snoke doubts it. Um, well, I'm sure you can sense him. Yeah, definitely. You know, like uh, that uncertainty within him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So Ben tells him he's been thinking about the Knights of Ren, and then we see a picture of them sitting there, and that's the last page of the comic. Exactly. So he's been thinking about the Knights of Ren. I loved this issue. I loved seeing the burning of Luke's temple in a different version of Snoke and getting some insight into everything that happened to turn Ben. You know, I think they could have started a little bit before this. Like when? You know, just to see Snoke manipulating him over time. Because obviously where we pick up, Snoke has been manipulating him for a while. Okay. Like this is not the first time they met. They have a prior relationship. Like there's even something in a novel about about him him uh I can't remember what book it is. Um Jeez. I'll have to look it up and and I'll get I'll get back. But regardless, we are but, excited. But um no, it says that he was he was manipulating Ben from the womb. Jesus. You've heard that, right? No, what the yeah, hell? Yeah, dude. How is that even possible? So he's just talking to him telepathically as a baby? or as... I get he's using the force to manipulate him. And, uh, Bro, it's Palpatine. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy, dude. He's Sith Eternal. You know? Okay, so then, what do you think? Well, you already know. But how do you think this will set off in uh, issue two? Like, Go back to that mindset you were in issue one. And how did you think that this was going to play out in, in issue two? And how and how would you contrast that to what issue two actually came out? To what actually happened in issue two? Well, okay. Um, I thought... Well, I didn't really have any thoughts. It's just all like new territory. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of like... Well, obviously he's going to go find the Knights of Ren. And is this where he becomes the leader of them? Um, now I know what happens, and we'll talk about that in our next episode. But um, it's good. It's good. This, this series is really good. Um, it's good, and I'm hoping I, and I'm, I'm hoping for more backstory. On I've, I've I've read one through three, mm-hmm. and I can say it's well worth it. Um, to anybody listening, it's well worth it to go pick it up and get that extra backstory that we didn't get in the movies. Mm. Now I hate the fact that we didn't get it in the movies. Because the normal movie-going audience will never know about any of this. They'll just never know. And they'll hate it. it yeah, they'll, they'll never know. And they won't accept it. And, and, and they'll hate the movies because there's no exposition. Like The Rise of Skywalker, I love that movie, but... Jeez, it didn't explain anything. <laughs> it started off right it, in the middle of everything. It was just like fast and furious. Like, we don't know why Palpatine's back. Why is he running? It, exactly. It just doesn't... It doesn't explain anything, but I love that movie to death. I had more fun at that movie than I have at any Star Wars movie that's come out since Disney acquired. They definitely took a lot of liberties with Rise of Skywalker. I will give yeah. them that. Yeah, They went definitely. fucking overboard. Like, Stoker being a clone. Well, no, I ending. don't think so. I think my thoughts were that Palpatine was in control the whole time. He wasn't? He was. He was in control. Yeah. Even before seeing the rise of Skywalker, that was a theory that I had because Snoke seems so similar to Palpatine in the Last Jedi, and it makes so much sense now why he seems so similar. It's because it was him. 
The snow clones make sense to me, man. They were so much alike. Like, in every single way. And I don't know if it's just bad writing, or if they meant to make him look like that, or if it was always supposed to be Palpatine, which it probably wasn't. I don't think it always was supposed to be Palpatine. I think Snoke was just, you know, just written that way to be like Palpatine. But I think it played into it, and it worked very well. Um, and it, it played out in The Rise of Skywalker pretty good, so... So I'm happy with what we got. But um, anyways, uh, next up we're going to talk about Marvel's Old Man Hawkeye. Zach, take it away. Uh, move. you got to move closer to your mic, Zach. It's not picking you up. Uh, neither are my dates. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, have you read Old Man Hawkeye, Mac? No, I have not gotten the chance to read it yet. That's good. That's amazing. I'll carry it. Yeah, okay. yeah. Take the conversation from here, buddy. So basically, Old Man Hawkeye is a branch off of the original Old Man Logan comic. Okay, so it's set in like a future post-apocalyptic kind of... Exactly. Nice. See, you're catching on. I love yeah. it. Okay, anyways, it's this era where like most superheroes are dead. Okay. And villains have carved out their own territories in America. Villains like Red Skull, who in the Old Man comic, in the Old Man comic was later killed by Old Man Logan. Dr. Doom, Magneto, and evil Bruce Banner, who was later killed by Logan as well. Before he died, Bruce had killed the Abomination. So it's basically like a free-for-all, like a Mad Max type of world. And I think, uh, I also think maybe Venom owns some land, or Venom was really uh, all over the place, because he's like a wild symbiote, just like attaching himself to whoever he could throughout the entire wasteland. Oh my god, that's wild. Exactly, it's fucking insane. And I think Kingpin owned some land as well, but... Yeah. Kingpin owned some land after he killed Magneto, after Magneto got too old. So, like I said, it's all cutthroat. Anyways, all while these lands are inhabited by dinosaurs brought in from the Savage Land, which is like basically some hidden prehistoric land, and um, these animals, they got too, uh, too, um, too expensive to take care of. So, you have all these wild animals, wild dinosaurs running throughout the land... And this is the world that Old Man Logan, Old Man Hawkeye is set in. So um, let me just read the summary. Let me read the summary to Old Man Hawkeye. All right, let me get you some dramatic music. Okay, go. The superheroes have fallen. The villains have divided up the country. Yet Clint Barton still lives, but the sharpshooter is going blind. With time running short, there's one last thing he wants to see. Revenge for his fallen comrades in arms. And he's setting what sights he has left on some fearsome foes. First, Hawkeye must relive his carnival days as he hunts a former ally in Murder War. Then, time's up for Abe Jenkins, formerly known as the Beetle. But while Hawkeye hunts, another lethal marksman has his own targets. Bullseye! Plus the Red Skull and the multiplying menace of the Madrox Venoms. It's the Avenging Archer as you've never seen him before. Damn, that was pretty epic. Production value, baby. Hollywood. <laughs> Shout out, Hollywood. But anyways, now, uh, Old Man Hawkeye it was written by Ethan Sachs, who also did Old Man Quill, Star Wars Empire Ascendant, I believe, Allegiance, uh, Weapon Plus, where Wolverine teams up with Captain America. But yeah, I'm really excited for it. So in this story, Hawkeye is going blind. And he wants to get revenge for his fallen friends who've passed away. 
the day all the villains teamed up together and took over America. First, he goes to um, Murder World to confront Atlas, who was a former hero but turned on the other superheroes to save his own skin. Then he goes to the Beetle, Abe Jenkins, slowly but surely, the murderous um, sheriff, Bullseye. He knows, like, uh, the, the the M.O. He knows it's Hawkeye. And he, he's already starting to see, like, um, he's starting to see what he's doing. He's um, killing former Thunderbolts. And uh, basically, Thunderbolts is a team of reformed supervillains. But these are all reformed supervillains who turn their backs again on the superheroes. And these and all these people ultimately played their part in dismantling um, Avengers, X-Men, superheroes all across the world for their own personal reasons. So not only is Bullseye chasing him, so is this evil army of Venoms who consumed multiple men after a deal that went bad earlier in like the first issue. Went bad. And Hawkeye eventually finds his way to the female archer herself, Kate Bishop. Living in secret, she builds a place for orphans. Even though even though she's not supposed to, if if she were to be found out, she would be killed on the spot because they don't want any superheroes in a place of leadership, obviously. So she's completely hidden away. So they have this Venom army, like, literally at her door. And seeing Hawkeye have to do some, like, last-minute thinking as they fight off Venom. And Volume 1 basically ends with them seemingly getting rid of Venom and getting back to Hawkeye's regular agenda killing former members of the Thunderbolts so that's volume 1 trade back and I have yet to read uh, volume 2 so I'm excited for definitely excited for where volume 2 is going to take me and yeah, I got, I'm going to have to check that out yes that actually, sounds really good I'm going to leave it here with you so oh nice you have no choice but to check it out hey. I'm going to text you every day forced yes forced you're going to read it Mac and I want you to recite it to me word by word ver- verbatim I'll, I'll do you one better I'll recite it to you backwards, letter by letter. Yes, there you go. But, um... <laughs> no, it looks good, man. And uh, and the cover art is just absolutely beautiful. I'll look look through this real quick. I mean, jeez. No, but do really like... Yeah, I really need to check out the Old Man Logan comic as well. Um, yeah, it's definitely a precursor to all this. I like the idea of the Old Man comics. But it's like... Is this recent? When is this from? Came out last year, I believe. Oh, okay, okay. This is more like... This looks like a, a graphic novel. This is nice, man. It's just this thing that I've always liked about these kind of stories. I'm just a sucker for like when a timeless, powerful person is given like a complete 180 in uh, character design. Yeah. These stories are bringing forth um, like this like exposition... That's beautiful. ...of mortality that really lets you see a character in a different light. They press on knowing their demise is assured, regardless of what they do. Yeah, dude, this is this is something else. I can't wait to read it. I cannot wait to read it. All right, that's going to conclude Comic Talk for today. Let's get into some music reviews. Today we're going to be talking about Tame Impala's new album, Slow Rush. We haven't got an album from Tame Impala for a long time, but I think this is my favorite by far. 
All right, so um, let's start off by talking about our favorite tracks. Um, so my favorite track on the album was On Track. <laughs> um, but it comes in, and it comes in with just piano and, and his vocals, and and uh, it's a it's a very, very mellow start. And then when the drums come in, it is so huge, and it's like a 70s um, uh, rock ballad. Mm-hmm. And it's such a a positive and optimistic song. And and I am not kidding you. The first day it came out, I was driving to work and I was listening to it, right? And this is the first time the first time I heard this song and and I got goosebumps and I started tearing up and it was just it was an experience, man. Um it's just uh no matter like if your dreams are unrealistic or you're feeling over optimistic, like he's like strictly speaking, I'm still on track. Like everything is still good. Like it's gonna be okay. Yeah, exactly. And that just spoke to me, like on a deep, like spiritual level, just connected with me and where I am in life right now, and and feeling off track and feeling like I've lost my way. But strictly speaking, I'm still on track. Yeah. So so that's my favorite track. What about you? probably posthumous forgiveness I just like how like uh, other tracks just like show you like how he really puts himself out there as a human being I think like the song itself was about his father who passed away and he was the one who got him into music in the first place I think but the song is also just like dedicated to his remembrance it's about his dad leaving him and his little brother when they're like the young, young really young yeah and the stages of grief that follow through that song and like the song kind of ends with like reconciliation he's upset and mad at his father for leaving prematurely in life and again in death he never got to see him be the big star he is today and I think you also said that there was a dynamic to that song that you liked it was the it was uh, the song change in the middle Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my favorite part. Actually, is the song change, the last few minutes of the song. It it seems like a different song altogether, but one at the same time. It's just always, beautiful. I always love it when artists do that, dude. They just connect two like two different like two different songs that have two different lives of their own, and they just connect it like that. Yeah, he he also does that in uh, in Breathe Deeper. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that? Where where it like. The whole song finishes, and Breathe Deeper is probably my my second favorite on the album. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole song finishes, and then it goes into some other part that doesn't sound like the song. It sounds like a song like playing on a record or something, and then it cuts back into something that sounds like the rest of the song, and it ends with that. It's so cool. I mean, it's so creative that he would mash... You know, the 70s rock ballad style and the vocal style with today's pop music. Exactly. And like, and like how that influences his other work with other artists like, you know, ASAP, Rocky, Lady Gaga, like whoever. You know, it's just, it's, uh, I, I mean, this guy, he, he doesn't see it, but he's a visionary. Slow Rust was a good name for this album. Like from the pace to like the warm psychedelic sound. Yeah. And I yeah, think, yeah. I think the theme for this album was time and like sort of like 
or he he said in, in, in an interview that uh, it's sort of like our obsession with things like the past and, and over romanticizing the past and living yeah. in a living in a state of perpetual regret because of it and like getting stuck in days and feelings that have long since passed us by well exactly I think that's what the song Lost in Yesterday is specifically about and if have you seen the music video for that song um dude it is really cool they're like a wedding band but it goes oh yeah. through different time oh, periods yes. as it makes and as the camera staging. makes its way around the room yes. like like it's in different time periods and, and, and then like how it ends yeah dude <laughs> it's it's so great it's so great they're a wedding band and it and it goes through different time periods and and it evolves as the song goes and it's just beautiful not to mention that song the bass line that it starts out with it's just it's just so catchy and that solo the, yeah the, dude the guitar solo Dude, everything is so catchy in but that like, song. It's not just uh, negative, you know. Um, it also has like you know this this entire album has beats of confidence and like living in the moment. That really, yeah, it, it just makes it really well rounded. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's like all I got to say about it. It's really I mean, it's album. it's it's a beautiful album, and I would recommend it to to anybody who's looking for for a new artist or a new album to listen to, or even if you listen to past stuff of Tame Impala but you kind of fell off and, and stopped listening I would I would chime back in and listen to this album um, specifically go to Spotify and look up the Slow Rush Time Warp playlist mm. because there's a bunch of little tidbits in there there's videos there's little explanations for some of the songs in there and, and what it does is it's like a listening party like you're sitting there in LA or wherever else he had the listening parties you know and it's it's really cool and it's really in depth and it makes the album an experience and and uh, that's what us as musicians really want to do is make an album that is an experience so memorable experience I, I would rate this album all in all um, an 8 out of 10 yep I agree with you definitely it's not perfect but it is amazing and it is beautiful. Check it out. So I would, I would say check it out. And with that, we're going to conclude this segment and conclude our show. Our first podcast. Our first episode. We did it, baby. No one we thought we were going to do it. Was, everybody was against us. Not really, but we're still. <laughs> we fucking did it. Six, six people were against us. We but, brought it home. But that's okay. Um, so you can find um, uh, me on, on social media. Uh, Mac Withrow on Instagram, Mac Withrow on Facebook. You can find our podcast at W O T Y Pod. At, that is Wookie of the Year Podcast um, on Instagram and on Facebook. Zach, where can they find you? You can find me everywhere. I'm usually shit posting most of the time. <laughs> find me on Facebook under Zachary DeHoyos. Find me on Instagram under French Fries and Oreos. That's mm. uh, that's a Mr. D's reference. If you, if you got that, you're cool. But anyways, uh, you find me on Snapchat under Nostalzak27. Yep. For, for all you content creators, Snapchat. Man. All right. All right. Well, this has been it. good. We're signing off. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. And thank you so much for being a part of our first episode. We really appreciate you.